That was Turtle Grenade with Pain Flower. And this next piece by Jasmine Soares is Rabbit Season. I like October's smell best out of the whole year because it's just gone cold out. So the world smells clean like laundry on the line, and you need a scarf and jacket, but not gloves, so you can still touch everything like the leaves, which are red, and the dew, which is not frost yet. In the morning, there is dew on the leaves, which are red, and once I licked the dew off, and my mom yelled, but it tasted okay, just like regular water, and I don't know what she was talking about polluted, it's not like it was gray or something, it was just clear, just normal and it was cold on the tip of my tongue. Invigorating, my dad calls something like that. And that's a good word I like for smells and tastes and cold Octobers turning red and yellow. And today, coming home from school, I saw a rabbit taking an invigorating taste of the dew, too. You don't think that's polluted, do you? I asked. Condensation and rainwater never hurt anyone, he said. And his tongue was very small and very pink, and he was kind of brownish-gray but patchy, which is how October will be by the end, right before it's time for November to come make everything a little sadder. Isn't spring more rabbit season? He put his ears back, and they were long and looked pretty silky, but when they were back like that against his head, I got careful, since I didn't want to make him hop away, because I'm nice and I wouldn't hurt him if he let me pet him just a little. Spring is for new things, he said. I like to come out when it turns cool and I can think. What do you think about? He had little black eyes, which were round, and they did a lot of staring. And I made sure to keep eye contact because that's how you convince people you're sincere. And he didn't look away, so that means he was sincere too. You're a small two-leg, he said. Maybe I shouldn't talk about heavy stuff with you. I hate when grown-ups do that thing where they decide you aren't old enough and they'll tell you in a few years like you're some kind of baby, but I go to Gifted and Talented every Friday afternoon, and Mrs. Cartwright put me in smart kid math, and I even know about periods and stuff, and I'm not scared. I'm big enough, I told the rabbit, so you should just tell me. I could see his shoulder blades under the brownie gray of his fur, which wasn't all there, and he looked kind of skinny and kind of tired, and I realized he was an old-timer, and last time I visited Grandpa before he died, he thought I was my mom from like a million years ago, and afterward we all pretended Mom hadn't cried in the hall, so once we got home again, I made her a drawing, which was red, which is my favorite color. You think so? the rabbit said. I understand about heavy stuff, I said. Well then, small one, the rabbit said, I think about how we all return to Earth, like the rain coming from the clouds into the dirt and back into the sky. It's the natural order of things. The world keeps turning, and before you can shake your tail, spring will be back again. But it's still October. The rabbit shuffled on his big hoppy feet like he was trying to get comfortable, and I thought maybe he was done talking to me, and I was about to get mad, because he'd just done that other thing grown-ups do, where they pretend to tell you something, but really they just feed you a load of hooey. But then he licked away a little more dew, and his long ears twitched in time with his nose, and his whole body tightened up like he was about to make an invigorating getaway. "'Winter will be right along,' he said. "'There's not a moment to lose.' Wait, I said, won't you be cold? But he was gone, and the wind blew my scarf into my face, and when I looked up, I saw against the sky a zillion red leaves beginning to fall. Like 
that was Turtle Grenade with Snow Summer. Rumpelstiltskin in Pieces I'd rather you ask than stare so. I'd rather the impertinent question than the darting away of guilty eyes. This crude stitching, this ladder up my face, deerskin leather cord, a rush job, the closest thing to hand at the time. The hasty tailoring of my prime meridian starts in a rude place and crawls up over my belly and my chest and this ruined face of mine, over my skull and down my neck, and traces the line of my spine, only to end in rudeness again. I was torn in two. Yes, by my own hand, but that's not the point. I was torn in two by betrayal and heartbreak. Don't you know the story? My left is bitter and vengeful. My left dreams of miller's daughters drowning in hay, choked by spun gold. My left sharpens daggers in its spare time. My right longs for the weight of a child to bounce. My right grieves its empty arm, its hollow half a heart. My right paints the nursery over and over again. These stitches my bloody anchor. shell. I gave birth to a golden conch shell and the palace trembled. I demand a son and you can't even give me a baby, said my husband the king. This is her karma, said the monks. She must make merit. Throw it into the ocean and her too, said all my husband's little wives. Everyone was so busy discussing my baby, no one spared a glance for him. So smooth and full gleaming like a secret even in the low light. He looked like a rosebud, poised to burst into bloom. 
He bore no chips, no cracks, no dents or dips or imperfections. There was only the shine of him, the living weight. I polished the blood from his shell. Sung Tong, I said, you will be a great king. With my child cradled to my breast, I could hear the wash of the tide. Though I was sentenced to death, my husband the king took pity on me, for I was first in his heart, and he had once prized me above all the wives who came after. By torchlight he led me through the palace halls and servants' chambers, beyond the gardens and the gate, until the tree cover was thick and the dawn broke pink between the branches and the call of the tuke threatened to swallow us whole. Wordlessly my husband the king lopped the hair from my head. He set his nose against my cheek and trembled to breathe me in. He groped beneath my sarong where I was torn and battered and raised his bloody hands to his face. He left me then and never touched his son who lay lashed to my back, patient and cool as the sea. I carried Sung Tong in a sling through my exile, through the jungle and through each village. He grew heavier and my back bowed beneath him. I was reduced to begging, for food, for shelter, for a moment's kindness. Pray it, the villagers would call me, spitting, beggar, ghost. They had forgotten the last queen as easily as they would forget the next. When at last I found a place to stay, I was no longer a woman but a crone, my feet thick with calluses, my hands gnarled, my body the dry curl of a cotton tree root. Though our home was modest, a mere listing shack, we were rich with flowers and fruit, chickens and eggs, a clean spring and shade from the sun. In our garden I sang to Sung Tong every day. I rocked him and danced with him and told him everything he needed to know to be a kind and just king. In the shelter of our happiness his shell shone brighter and brighter until one day it split open and crumbled into dust to reveal a baby golden-skinned and blinking up at me. I wiped the powder from his skin and picked him up. He was warm and soft where I had loved the cold and hard so well. I inspected his little fingers, which he would someday ball into fists. I studied his little toes, on which he would someday sprint away. He opened his mouth and cracked out a wail that would someday command armies. When I laid my head upon his belly, I heard the drumbeat of his victories in battle. That night, I could not sleep for the absence of the ocean in my ear.
was Turtle Grenade with Paper Plate. Domestic curses for all occasions. Did you lock the door? Did you turn the oven off? Picture this. A careless man, someone who has tossed out your heart like so much chaff, is beset by a creeping worry. I'm sorry, I have to check my house, he'll say ten minutes into a date. I think something's wrong, he'll tell his boss in the middle of a meeting. He's back and forth between his home and his life, and that home swallows him whole. Not dazzling enough for you? Look, you can't go big with a curse. Rather, you can't discount the impact of going small. We're not giving people pestilent boils or snatching up firstborns here, man. Don't be fucking crass. Go to the mall if you want that kind of thing. You came to me because I'm an artist. This isn't Die Hard 9. This is Dreams, and I'm Kurosawa. You won't be able to escape the clutter. Say you've got yourself a collector. What does she love? Books and journals and calligraphy pens? She can't walk through her wealth of them. Computers and tablets and cameras? They cascade in her wake, and they'd shatter but for the cushion of detritus on her floor. Clothes and shoes and handbags? She's trapped, suffocating beneath the mountain of all she has, strictly metaphorically, of course. There's a draft, but where from? It shivers down the walls and whistles through her skin. It's an old house, she'll say. Or, my father, bless him, did the insulation. She'll hunt for it, casually at first, but her urgency increases with time. She'll not eat, she'll not sleep, all the furniture, all her books, all her pots and pans and plates and glasses. She'll gather them in the center of each room so she can best monitor the windows, the doors, the cabinets, for mouse holes and pinholes and daylight through the rafters. Her eyes become razors, her fingers become talons. Your dog will find you tedious. This is for someone who has never loved a lover more than he loves his dog. He breaks up with anyone who sneezes at dog hair on the furniture. He reheats pasta from a can so he can afford for the dog to eat raw gourmet. He's moved across the country and back with her head in his lap all the while. He can't sleep unless he can hear her snoring beside him. He tells her all his secrets. You're the only one who loves me, Butternut. There must be something essentially wrong deep inside me, Butternut. I'm a monster, Butternut. One day, she heaves a great sigh and turns away. You will lose the words, thank you. Perhaps you know a busy mom. She's booked from the first shock of the alarm at six until her kids tumble out of the minivan after the game, the cello lessons, the extra math tutoring. The first time she chokes, it's in front of the barista at her favorite coffee joint. Then it's her own mother dropping off this week's casserole. Her niece, babysitting on a Saturday night, and then her neighbor, rescuing her trash cans from where they were blown in the street. The school counselor, who calls with an opportunity for her eldest. And then her husband, who tells her to relax while he goes to the parent-teacher meeting. Her tongue is parched, and the words become dust she coughs up. Everyone she loves turns to stone before her. You will think of me every day. I don't think this one's for you. This is for the discerning client, more interested in results than theatrics. This is for someone who need not see to know. Because a good curse, a real curse, begins in love. People don't come to me because they have an annoying co-worker or a neighbor who has loud parties. The price is too high for that. You come to me because love has got you in tatters. You show up here and you say, Ah, oh, my ex-wife is vain. And I distort all her mirrors. Oh, my boyfriend watches TV while I clean up after him and the kids all my days. And I turn him into an obsessive tormented by stray flecks of dirt. Dear me, my mother doesn't know how to love. And I give her a mother's heart with no one to exercise it on. But no one ever asks me, Arda, how did you get here? There was a girl, and I loved her more than she loved me. She loved herself so well that there was nothing left for anyone else. For her, I split myself open. I carved myself inside out. I lobbed my only wish out into the ether, oblivious to anything listening. I hope you think of me every day.
I've heard she's thrice divorced. I've heard her children do not visit her at home. I have answered the phone only to hear her breath come heavy down the line before she hangs up. I have sat alone in the light of the waning moon, sipping up my success. Anyway, tell me, who is it that's worth your heart? When the evening Turtle Grenade with Venice. Bloodberries. When you left, I traded my tears for a seed. Eat this and feel pain no longer, the witch said. I swallowed it whole, and a hedge burst from my breast, brambles grown thorny around my heart. The curious come from far-flung kingdoms and pay a silver coin to see but never touch. In the springtime, I grow berries, red and fat. They drop from my branches like dew. i 
that was Turtle Grenade with The Drop. Holy, holy. There is weeping under the soil. At the crack of a wail, I sit up, though doing so tears at my skin, my stems, my leaves, all that is left of me. I blink into the dapple of the sun through the trees. I stretch my limbs, spread out my ground cover. It is not the call of a bird. It is not the yowl of a cat, nor the yip of a coyote, nor the particular ecstasy of a raccoon rollicking in some newfound filth. Whatever it is, I know that sound. I crawl and creep and roll my way toward the cry. I pass cars and trucks, overturned and reclaimed by roots and grass. I pass signs whose welcomes have been scrubbed by time and lichen. I pass a proud copse of trees, their trunks ringed by the houses they burst through. My old friends. I pass over what was once the border between one town and another. Isn't that quaint? Imaginary lines under the vastness of the sky. The loam here is rich with potential. I flex my roots and set my fingers digging. I sink and rise through dirt and dung, through silt and sand, through worms and wood lice. The cry grows louder, and I remember now. Desperation. Anguish. Solitude. I breathe sunshine and water, urea and carbon dioxide. What sows for me is oxygen. I am in the dreams of my sleeping friends. I am holding something new. I lift from the soil a squirming baby. Hundreds of thorns prick out of her skin and catch in my moss. Her umbilicus throbs fat and purple, buried deep in the earth. When her tears subside, roses bloom across the crown of her head. So too do I remember joy. I cradle the child into the soft bed of my body. I set one hand back into the ground and rouse the roots there. I tell them, Wake the willow who sighs over the rusty church bell. Wake the Japanese maple whose roots upended the post office. Wake the ivy who crushed the school in her embrace. Wake the birch tree who used to smoke cigarettes under the bleachers with the skinny freshman hiding from the gym teacher. Wake the mushrooms who used to sing holy, holy into my body. Wake the Barbary shrub who once made me laugh so hard I wept and choked, pissed and shrieked. Wake up, my darlings, and see what sobs so lustily in my arms. I would hear your voices again.
That was Turtle Grenade with What a Blissful Day, So Cold and Blue and Gray. I guess it's time for a little mise. And on the menu today is a snack size interview with our featured musician, Turtle Grenade. Turtle Grenade is a New Orleans-based solo folkish act and visual artist whose work is often emotional, dark, and or playful. And uh, I hope you've been enjoying their music. I think it's pretty fantastic. And Turtle Grenade was kind enough to answer a few questions for the Violet Hour. One, what is your earliest memory of time? I was sitting on the floor at the bottom of a staircase while my mother was at a nearby door of the house. 2. If you were a rock, what kind would you be, and where would you be found? A large, gray rock found on the floor of the Fox News headquarters beside a broken window. 3. What is your songwriting process and creative practice like? Whenever inspiration hits, I'll immediately grab my phone and guitar and start recording on a voice memo and sing. I let the song come out of me, more like a practice and stream of consciousness, magic, or meditation. Usually most of a song will come out, and I'll later edit it. 4. What are your five favorite words associated with turtle? Patience, Saturn, inward, shyness, protected. With grenade? Immediate, Mars, outward, exposure, power. With daffodil. Daffy, duck, cuties, funny, stars. 5. Describe your current obsessions as a scavenger hunt. It's almost springtime. Go outdoors and find the following. Turtle grenade drawing 60,000 tiny ink dots on paper for hours a day as part of a book she's working on. Three-and-a-half-hour-long podcast episodes by astrologer Chris Brennan. The album The Second Stage Turbine Blade by Coheed and Cambria. Turtle Grenade making bears, yes bears, out of papier-mâché for her future bear crown. Oh, okay, I, I need a bear crown. I need to see this bear crown, and I need a bear crown. Okay. Bonus. If you were a stuffed animal, what would you be? A huge caterpillar with hearts on its cheeks, with bright colors, and squeaky toys inside each of its segments. Well, thank you so much, Turtle Grenade, for sharing your fantastic music and thoughts with us in the Violet Hour. And you can purchase some music and follow Turtle Grenade at turtlegrenade.bandcamp.com. Hi, Miss Mousy. It's me, Mr. Bear. Oh, hi, Mr. Bear. Come on in. You're just in time. Uh, I'm getting ready to do a lunar infusion. A lunar infusion? Yeah, just a fancy name for uh, a moon tea. Um, I've talked about them before. Uh, a full moon tea is when you you make a tea and you put it out to infuse under the full moon. It's um, it's so beautiful. I actually first learned about this um, from Steph Zabel at uh, Flower Folk Herbs. Um, she has a newsletter, um, a moon letter actually, uh, where uh, she sends out a, a blend for a, a full moon tea um, every every full moon. Um, anyway, her website is flowerfolkherbs.com if people want to look that up. But basically, you know, put, put whatever herbs call to you in a, in a jar and cover with water and, uh, uh, put a lid on it, shake it and, and put it out under, under the moon. Um, and, uh, lunar infusion. I mean, isn't that just a beautiful phrase? Uh, it is, you know, uh, I love anything to do with, with the moon, uh, Miss Mousy, you know that. So, uh, what's, what's in your blend? Well, 
I was thinking about this work you've been reading by Jasmine Soares and the music by Turtle Grenade, and it's all very, um, very dreamy and uh, a little strange in the best possible way, and so it's really got me thinking about Valerian. Oh, Valerian, I, I've heard of that. Um, people, people uh, like to take that to go to sleep, don't they? Well, it is in a lot of sleep blends and, and people, you know, it can help a lot of people fall asleep. Um, although for some people it uh, has the opposite effect. So, you know, you might want to try it out in the daytime. Um, but it's also unnerving and relaxing and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't just put you to sleep. Um, and I mean, it doesn't put you to sleep, you know, um, herbs aren't like drugs, you know, they don't, they don't just knock you out. Uh, like with anything, plants are complex, and valerian's especially complex, Mr. Bear, and I'm just I'm loving learning about it. Um, but I find it can help me sleep at night, but it can also help me relax during the day without sleeping, and, um, and especially mixed with, mixed with other, uh, other plants. Um, but, you know, it's, a, it's an, acquired, an acquired taste, or, I don't know, so, some people don't like it. I mean, I'm just going to, I'm going to be frank with you, Mr. Bear. Uh, yeah, I, it, it kind of, it smells, doesn't it? It does. It has um, a very strong odor, and most people um, don't like it. Um, but the taste is a little different than the odor, but, you know, it's, it's got... You know, maybe maybe some notes of vomit, um, but, you know, don't let that put you off. All, um, most people are put off by notes of vomit, Miss Mousie. I know, it's true, but um, I'm telling you, there's just something magical about valerian. It's worth a try. But anyway, in this blend, I'm putting some valerian root, some linden, which, you know, is a lovely, soothing nervine, and uh, some, some blood orange peel, because um, I love throwing some fresh orange peel into, uh, into my tea blends. Um, and I love blood orange. Oh, me too. Blood orange is delicious. And I love how the inside's not orange, you know? It's like, it's red. It's more... Well, yeah, that's the, the blood, the blood part of it. Blood orange, Mr. Bear. Oh, yeah, I know, Miss Mousy, but, you know, it's, uh, it's still fun. I know, it is. There's the orange, and then there's the blood, and, and it's delicious, so... But you can put any, you know, orange peel you want in it. I like, I like those little cuties, the little mandarin oranges, um... I just, I recommend, um, you know, pesticide free as usual. Uh, so I do like to only work with, uh, organic, uh, fruit if I'm using the peel. Oh yeah, that's, that's smart, Miss Mousy. I, I, I like to stick to that too. Um, but anyway, um, I think we should, um, bring, bring this jar outside and enjoy some of the moonlight. What do you say, Mr. Bear? Oh uh, yeah, I never, never say no to you, Miss Mousy. So, uh, let's go. Oh, and, and please remind your listeners that I'm just a two-dimensional hand-drawn rodent studying herbalism, and, you know, they should always do their own research. Um, but, you know, I think, uh, I, I hope they get excited by the things we talk about and want to go try things for themselves. Oh, yeah, I hope that too, Miss Mousy, but, I mean, you, you never know. I mean, this is this is radio, and you, you don't know who's listening or what they're doing and, you know, if, if you're reaching anybody, but... Oh, we just, we keep sending that signal out there, right? Exactly, Mr. Bear. Oh, I, I almost forgot that. We forgot to do a, a flower oracle. Oh, we don't want to forget that, Miss Mousy. I know. Um, so let's, yeah, let's, let's do a, a flower oracle for everyone. Um, so, uh, in case you've forgotten, Mr. Bear. Oh, how could I forget, Miss Mousy? Well, you know. If I, in case anyone listening's forgotten, it's um from Kate Greenaway's Language of Flowers, and I'm just going to rifle through here and point my little rodent paw down on our oracle, and it's hyacinth, sport, game, play. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah, it sure does. Okay, hyacinth. That's beautiful. Um, all right. Well, let's um, let's go take that sport game play out to look at the moon. 
Aw, oh, good idea, Miss Mousy. Let's go. Are you or anyone you know a musician? Amateur, professional, experimental? Do you tell stories with music and song? Are you interested in being considered for a potential feature on Mr. Bear's Violet Hour? If you have answered yes to any of these questions, please send samples of your work, links to Bandcamp, SoundCloud, your website, digital demo tape files on Google Docs, whatever you have, to violethourmoon at gmail.com. Um, that's the show, folks. Thanks so much for spending a little time in the Violet Hour with me. I hope you enjoyed the beautiful work of Jasmine Soares. Uh, you can buy their book, The Anchored World, Flash Fairy Tales and Folklore, from Rose Metal Press at rosemetalpress.com. And you can find out more about Jasmine Soares and their wonderful writing online at jasminesoares.com. That's J-A-S-M-I-N-E-S-A-W-E-R-S dot com. Thanks also to featured musician Turtle Grenade at turtlegrenade.bandcamp.com. And I'll leave you with a parting gift of the Oracle. Uh, mine is from Norton Jester's The Phantom Tollbooth. So I will just paw through. I like to turn the book upside down, paw through, point down at a page, and your oracle is. I really can't see what Dr. Discord was so concerned about. There certainly couldn't be anything unpleasant along this road. Well, I'll, I'll read that one more time. I really can't see what Dr. Discord was so concerned about. There certainly couldn't be anything unpleasant along this road. On That's the Oracle. Interpret it as you will. Well, thanks again for joining me in the Violet Hour. Hope you're feeling some of that full moon magic. And uh, I'll be back for the new moon. So until then, take care and be kind to each other. Theme song and show music by Sugar Whiskey. Mr. Bear and Miss Mousy believe in radical love and kindness, in mutual aid, and empowering ourselves and our communities. Together we can dismantle the white, racist, colonizing, misogynistic, capitalist, homophobic, transphobic, ableist patriarchy. This podcast was recorded on Potawatomi, Kickapoo, Miami, Sioux, and Peoria land. Text your zip code or city comma state to 907-312-5085 and find out whose land you're living on. Uh, you can also go to land.codeforanchorage.org for more information. There's also a helpful map at native-land.ca. This is just the first step in developing a land acknowledgement. Let's learn our history and honor the land and indigenous peoples, past, present, and future. This podcast was produced in collaboration with the Boston Free Radio Podcast Network, part of bostonfreeradio.com and Somerville Media Center, Somerville's longest-running public access media center that enables a vibrant and diverse community to express its creativity, explain its ideas, share its cultures, and foster the individual right to freedom of speech. Learn more about Somerville Media Center at somervillemedia.org or check out some of the other amazing Boston Free Radio podcasts and radio shows at bostonfreeradio.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>